Are you passionate about making a difference through design? Join us at the Human Centered Design Network's Circle, a new private community for change makers just like you. Connect with like minded professionals, gain exclusive rights to monthly learning opportunities, and lead the change in human centered design. For more information, see thisishcd.com. Now, let's get back into that episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Doing Design Podcast on This Is 8CD, hosted by all the world's best live design and innovation trainers at thisisdoing.com. The Doing Design Podcast focuses on all the behind the scene things related to actually doing innovation and design, such as design research, facilitation, prototyping, visualization, and it's a great sounding board for industries like service design, user experience, content design, product management, and a load more in there as well. In the lead up to the Doing Design Festival V3, on February the 11th, we'll be hearing from our strategic designer, Ben McLaren, who'll be interviewing some of the trainers and talking about their sessions and what they will cover. In the session, you hear from Ben and Mark Stickthorn, who will chat about his session and what he hopes people will learn and take away from the session. Let's hear what they had to say. So, um, I guess I also want to know a lot of this. I'm also very curious. How does journey map operations connect with the theme um, better together what's what's the connections and the linkages there so journey map ops is an information system that helps you to bring loads of information in a visual way and put information in context it works like this you can imagine a journey map as um let's compare it with a map in geography if you go in things like Google Maps, you can zoom in and out. If you zoom out, you see less details, you get a good overview. If you zoom in, you see more details. And the same is true for journey maps. The more you zoom out, you see a high-level overview, like the customer lifecycle, for example, or the employee lifecycle, and so on. Um, or for citizen experience, it might be even your life journey. Everything from birth to the UN, that is really like the, the highest level we can look at, right? Um, but then you can zoom into specific aspects. And the more you zoom in, the more details you see. And it's always a different journey map at a different scale. So when we talk about scale in geography, we talk about meters or kilometers or miles. If we talk about scale and journey maps, it's time, it's a duration. So the more you zoom in, the shorter the duration you look at, which means you see more details because you see more steps of a smaller amount of time. Now, what Journey Map Ops does is you create these maps and there's a whole governance structure around it, how you can keep them up to date and that people are responsible for certain parts of that. 
and you add data to it. This data is actually live data. You can connect it with different sources. So you can pull in data like what are the pain points for this part of the experience. You can pull in different KPIs. So instead of having the one KPI that rules everything, you have really KPIs that are focused on parts of the experience that make sense. One of the biggest issues we have when we talk about KPIs in terms of customer experience in organizations is that we're often missing the context of them. But if you see it in context of a journey map, you suddenly understand what these KPIs mean. And you can think of a kind of a balanced scorecard approach per journey map, so per episode, per detail. So it's a way more granular way to look at journey maps. Now, if you have this data, you can do things like compare your uh, most important pain points or the most important needs with what are the projects that are going on right now. And that just gives you loads of information pulled from different sources. So the theme of this year is better together, which means if we think of an organization, we are often talking about being customer focused and so on, but actually we are often silo centric. Right? We, we, we manage within silos, we look at success within silos, we, we have KPIs that are silo-centric, we have language within silos. This system allows you to actually cross silos, build bridges between silos, really establish a customer-centric perspective, human-centric. You can use it for employee experience, citizen experience, and so on. And since you're putting data in from different silos, you work together, and this, this is better together. Mm. I like that. That's, that's really nice. I like how you've tied that together. Um, so why did journey map operations emerge? Um, why this topic as say one of your focuses? Cause I know you've been involved a lot in research and there's many different areas you could go, especially around research operations, but, but why journey map operations? What, what's, what's different or what does it, I guess, promise in comparison to, um, what, what's that need? So journey mapping in general is, is very close to my heart. I mean, there's a reason why 10 years ago, I started a company together with uh, Jacob and Klaus uh, called Smapley. Um, it was the first digital tool to create journey maps at that time because there was nothing at that time. And, and we thought there is, there is so much more behind journey maps than just like visualization or some posts at the wall. So with the focus of our company, of course, we uh, did a lot of research. We saw a lot of use cases from our clients, how they use journey maps. And we also heard again and again the same problems that our clients have. So particularly large organizations um, struggle a lot with the silos. And if you, if you then think about how service design or however you call what we're doing, design within organizations scales and suddenly you have dozens of teams, you have hundreds of designers working in different projects and then you want to scale it even further and there are different teams and other silos then starting doing service design even without being in touch with a core team and so on. How can you pull all this data together? How can you make sure that the projects you are running are in sync with all the other projects, particularly when you work in an agile way, which means projects can develop into a certain direction and you're not aware of it. And suddenly something gets launched there, which is in contradiction to your own project, or you see an overlap between projects, different teams just caught it differently, and you wasted budget and time for doing the same thing twice. And that was a starting point for us to see, well, maybe we can use journey maps in a completely different way. 
as a visual management tool, bringing in all this data and give context to data from a customer perspective. And that's how it all started. Like I think it was about six years ago or so that we started with that. Uh, we tried it with a few of our clients and it worked well. And now we're helping more and more organizations to embed it. And we see that it, it, is, it gets applied in very different uh, areas from public service to human resources, thinking about employee experience during the pandemic. That was a real game changer there. And, um, and of course, customer and user experience. That's great. Um, so do, does journey map operations fit with particular types of company? Is it broadly accessible for everywhere? Is, it, is there like a best fit that it kind of really shines in or what kind of, when is an organization or a team or a business ready to kind of take that step or when does it best fit them? Well, there are a few things that determine if it's, if it's a good fit or not. Um, if you have a very fragmented organization with loads of different products that are not tied together, um, like think about a fast moving consumer good company that has loads and loads of different products and services and, and they're all over the place. It's hard to bring it all in one system. It won't work because it's too fragmented and the use case for each of the services and products is so widely different. However, what might work there is if you if you go down one level and look at, for example, product families and within one product family where you have basically a use case around a group of, of products or services, then it starts to work well. It works brilliantly if you have a leading high level experience uh, for any sort of people. So brilliantly, it works with employee experience, for example, because our experience as, as humans, by definition, is linear because our life is linear, right? We, we don't have time machines yet. So if we think of employee experience, it works with, uh, it, it, it starts with how do you get to know uh, of this company? Maybe even further, it starts with like, your own education and so on. And how did you ever heard for the first time about this, this employer? So employer branding is part of it. Then it goes through all the application process Maybe you do assessment centers and what have you until you actually start onboarding. You go through an onboarding experience. You start your job. How do you get into the culture? How do you understand how the processes work and, and the organization ticks? And then you, you go through a career. So all these are actually rather linear experience. You might leave the company. You might come back again. So you can actually get a whole level overview. And then you can zoom into details. Uh, that matters. So for, for these kind of use cases, it's brilliant. If it's very fragmented, you need to tweak it to make it work, but also there it has some benefits. So I know from definitely some of my workplaces, um, leading from the top is often very difficult for a lot of these things. How do companies when, do, is this something that really only works when you have that strategy from the top or are there ways people can start to advocate for that sort of system or to start to um, covertly, if you will, um, start showing the benefits that might emerge if you kind of do journey map operations or anything similar. Yeah. In, in general, if you want to scale it, you always need both. You need management buy-in because you need budget for it. You, and, and with budget, the main issue is not financial budget, but time, right? People need to be allowed to do this and work in this way. And you, you need a team that is focusing on that. <laughs> but at the same time, you need 
a small team, at least in the beginning, that is dedicated to work in this way, that is motivated to work in this way. Mm. And you can start anywhere. You can start top down or bottom up, but you always need to assess where, where are we and what is missing right now? Because to really scale it, you need both. But it doesn't matter where you start. You can start as a small team. So you do it on a smaller scale. You build it for your own context. And you actually build a use case that you can show within your organization. It will never work if you show examples from big companies who are doing it. Build a small case within your own organization, even if it's just like a small part of the experience, but already proving the value that this could bring. And through that, try to get the management buy-in, try to get the attention, well, explain it as an information system for the organization. So organizations can take rather database decisions and do better decisions in the end. But it also works the other way around, like top down. So identify what is missing and then work towards what you need. Very, very awesome. I know um, some of the things that really leapt journey mapping a bit more off in one of my previous roles was when we did start with that employee experience. Um, when working in a digital delivery role, where we started mapping the developer experience and all of a sudden some of the um, slippages on projects and the issues on um, timelines and budgets started to be a bit more obvious. You could kind of see, oh, I see why why it took a lot longer to develop these very particular types of features because that lead time and that development time was was so long they had to work on their own personal computers instead of being able to use any of the work facilities um so that's that's i guess one of the benefits we got from um just just implementing some degree of journey mapping um internally rather than as we might only use it externally so what are some of, I guess, the, the highest priority benefits that when people start using journey map operations that come about? I know that there's always a financial focus and sometimes the most obvious benefits um, can be difficult to relate to what people find urgent, but not necessarily important. Yeah. So there are a few benefits you have. Um, what you're building is basically an information system. That means you get an overview of data and you put data in context. So what you will see is across the different uh, sub-level journey maps, what are the most urgent pain points? What should we focus on? If it's implemented well, you get even um, a quantification of the pain points. If, if sometimes even in a financial value and you see like, okay, in last month, this pain point cost us amount of X and this pain point costs us amount of Y. So it's easy then, again, it's a basis for discussion, but it's easier to get budget for a project because if you know, okay, this pain point actually costs us money internally, you have talk on a different level about do we get budget for a project to fix it? You also have a ranking of your pain points across the experience where you know these are the most urgent ones. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you see projects and Often different parts of the organization run projects without being in touch, without even knowing of each other. And if you look at where projects impact customer experience, you will quickly see that projects overlap or contradict each other. So if you see where the different projects of the organization impact customer experience or employee experience, you can identify that and then bring those teams in touch with each other. There are other benefits as well. Like it helps you to connect with um, with the different silos of the organization. You build bridges. And by that, you're actually connecting people. 
So talking about the theme of the conference, better together, that is one of the things, right? And you give them a common focus, which is the customer experience or the employee experience, where usually people think about with their own silos, like the set of KPIs where they define success. And suddenly they realize, oh, actually, we're all doing this for a better customer experience, because that in the end brings us revenue or, or, or whatever you focus on in your organizations, because it also works for a public organization where it might be not about revenue or non-governmental organizations where the impact is not measured in in how much money do we make but how much impact do we have mm-hmm. but you always focus around the human side of it whoever you care about and that should be the focus of all silos in the organization so it gives you a common focus point i think that is the most important part of the whole thing awesome and and how how other than the uh february 11th doing design festival how can people learn more about journey map operations well, it's, it's not rocket science. Uh, I gave a few talks about that already. Um, I give obviously more details uh, in my talk on February 11th. I give some public courses um, on journey map operations, also as part of uh, This Is Doing. Uh, so there are two courses scheduled, but I think they start right after the festival. I think one is in February, one in April or something. Um, and and I heard there might be a book on the horizon, but there will take some more time until we see that. Ooh, ooh, the secrets, the secrets. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, this has been a great chat, and, and hopefully if people want to, they can find out more by visiting this doing site and see some of the latest courses upcoming. Looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, folks. That's the end of this episode. We'll be sharing out more information with more of the trainers that are going to be there on the day on February the 11th at the Doing Design Festival. For more information, see thisisdoing.com and get your tickets there. Hopefully see you there, folks.